Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulted Commissions family, what's up team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulted Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. Today's guest brings us a tremendous amount of value that is relevant to you, the salespreneurs, the founder-led sales organizations. If you're a top-performing sales professional, you're going to want to listen today as well. Sean M. Doyle is a principal at Fitzmartin Incorporated, a leading consultancy focused on sales, marketing, and management, sales and marketing technology service, and revenue operation. Sean and his team at Fitzmartin are focused on long-term value creation through a sales-first scientific approach to driving revenue. Over 25 years, uh, over a 25-plus year career and more than 5,000 client engagements, Sean has amassed an unmatched expertise in helping B2B companies sell more to the most profitable customers. Sean, welcome to the Catapulted Commission Show. Man, I'm pumped to be here. I got to also talk to my PR person. That That's way over the top. What, what kind of introduction is that? <laughs> you know, Sean, I'll tell you what, if you're, if you're ever feeling down about yourself or if you're ever like, oh my goodness, I had a bad day, just play that. It's like the introduction to the basketball team. You're like, man, I'm good. I'm good right there. Oh man. Well, I'm pumped today. Cause I, I tell you what, I've got a great story. If I can lead with it about Please. a founder led business. So I got this call what? once from a, a, it was the coolest, most well-funded startup ever, small business. And they were going to reinvent the American motorcycle. I like not the Harley, but like imagine a Ducati made in mm-hmm. America. They were going to reinvent what it meant to be an American motorcycle. Got this call from the CEO and he said, Hey, we're going to interview eight people to help us with our sales and marketing. Well, every salesperson on the call said the same thing I said. Like, no, I'm not participating in an RFP. I'm not going to be part of a beauty pageant with eight people. So here's my promise for today's episode is we used, I used at the time, a technique called private and then public commitments. So what I asked the CEO to do is I countered the RFP and being part of a beauty pageant with a private step that they could take that was safe, it was fast, it was cheap, that would give them the ability to make a public commitment, meaning hire me, later. And we won the deal. And if you'll stick with us in this episode, I'm going to teach you what we did. Mm, I I love it. The private and public commitment, just even sharing that right now, it goes to show that there's some level of emotional intelligence required for sales professionals, marketing professionals, salespreneurs, that is so valuable that we bring to what we do on a daily basis. Like there, there has to be those, those, in, those impacts. And a lot of what you just shared to me is based on science, right? You, you talked about a scientific Absolutely. approach to driving revenue. So let's, let's just jump there and, and we will definitely jump into the private and public commitment, capital emissions, family stay tuned so 
<laughs> how is the science of behavioral change? Because that's really what we're doing. Absolutely. How can how how can that and should influence selling and marketing for today's consumer? So, Anthony, you got to start one place. You got to start with a belief that selling is about helping people, not manipulating people to do something. If you believe sales is about manipulating people to get a deal to, to so you can get money, then turn off my episode. I don't, Anthony may have other guests, but I'm not going to talk to you because that's wrong. It's morally wrong. So what if, if you see selling as helping, now let's talk. So we all go through, in marketing, we call it a consumer decision journey or a buyer's journey. Sales knows the pipeline report, which is really just a codification of that. We all know that, but but the behavioral science that we follow, uh, it's called the, the trans-theoretical theorem of behavioral change. We don't ever have to say that again. It's a brilliant title though, right? It's a, there is a way, there's, a, there's nine codified best practices to help people as they make the decision from no action to action, from being unaware of your product to understanding the need of your product to buying your product. And there's some things that sales can do intuitively and do intuitively that can be codified by these nine best practices. So like things that we just learn as salespeople because we're smart, we can actually codify them there. It's countering, it's environmental controls, it's rewards for private behavior, for good behavior, it's helping relationships, it's social liberation, right? There's a bunch of scientific terms. That's what sales really does. So I, I believe, and, and what my company, Fitzmartin, believes, is that if marketing and sales can understand these nine best practices, we call it centricity because it's centered not on sales's need, not on marketing's need. It's centered on the buyer. And if, and if you center all your company's thinking, your, your, your sales teams and your marketing teams thinking on the understanding of the buyer, there's alignment that's created out of that. So that's another subject, sales alignment. Sales and marketing should never align to each other. They should align to the customers. The result of that is they'll be aligned to each other. But we'll talk about that some other day. So this private public commitment is really interesting because it's something that it's effective in the middle of the buying journey to the very end. And we see a lot of deals. We do something called a sales barrier analysis. And when we break down a pipeline and, and understand where there's problems in this pipeline, in a client's pipeline, we almost always find there's more money to be made in late stage deals and fixing late stage deal problems than there is in creating more awareness which, where most marketing advertising starts. So private public commitment is one of the most powerful tools because you've got to equip both sales and marketing to understand what it is. So. If you can fix that, you'll close more deals that get stuck. And let's think about this. Anthony, if I ask you, well, we'll even talk about you inviting me here today. Like there's a risk, right? I do something mm -hmm. stupid and I hurt your brand. So you did something before you invited me to this microphone. Mm -hmm. right? you, you got third-party validation. You probably listened mm -hmm. to me on a couple other podcasts. You at least talked to uh, somebody and said, what's this guy going to talk about? You made me go through a little bit of a process um, mm -hmm. before, I could, before I was allowed on your show. Right? You, those were all private commitments, right? You could identify privately whether I'm an idiot or not. And if I was, I wouldn't be here, right? So that right now what you're doing is a public commitment. You're, you're endorsing me and my thinking because you're going to put me publicly on the air. Well, your buyers go through the same journey. 
you have to have safety first as you make a change. So if I'm going to buy a new service, a new product, if I'm going to put risk, uh, and I'm not going to do it without understanding privately first whether this is good to proceed. So here's the question. Founders, you're leading your sales and marketing efforts. Have you created an intentional way where a buyer can, without revealing to anybody else, explore your product or your service? And if your marketing team and if your sales team don't have a way to create a private commitment, then that's a gap that you've got to add. You've got to fix that. It's going to stop people from moving forward. And it sounds odd, right? But people need time. Overeager salespeople kill deals all the time because, Anthony, I got to gotta buy now. I got to buy now. You got to buy now, right? Well, I don't even know you. <laughs> okay, I'm getting, you're getting me pumped up here, Anthony. But this is huge. No. Sean, I got to be honest with you. I have been in sales for nearly 20 years. I've been in sales thought leadership for say 10 and I've been running my own firm and, and podcast almost three years now. I, every time someone's like, oh, you're, you're a sales expert or however people choose to introduce me. I'm always like, no, man, I'm just someone who loves. I love this. Like I breathe it, live it, study it. I, with that being said, I'll give you the biggest compliment. I've never heard it broken down as simple but as clear with actionable steps as you did right now. Mm. As you said that, I looked at him like, yeah, I do that. I do that for the show. There is a private commitment for the show, but I immediately went to my own internal sales process. Where are the private commitments that I having versus the public commitments? I, I love, yeah. I love, I love that. Let's go back to the story in the beginning of the show. I mean, someone came to you and said, Hey, I'm going to give you some you know, they wanted you to do the, 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 the pageant show of sales professionals to come on board <laughs> and, and they wanted to reinvent the, the American motorcycle and you worked with them or you shared with us, you kind of let in that you had a private public commitment um, right. experience with them. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Absolutely. So I know if you ask my agency to fill out an RFP, I know I'm going to spend about twelve to $13,000 time, effort, materials to get that RFP together. And I know in that process, at the best, I might be differentiated enough and get to come to a, another meeting. So I've been authorized by the owner, the founder of my company. It's me, mm -hmm. by the way. <laughs> uh, but I've been authorized, and you should, founders, authorize your sales teams to do this. Give them a dollar sign, right? So I was able to say to the CEO, Lee, is his name, said, Lee, what if instead of filling out this RFP, what if we give you a taste of what it would be like to work with us? And we're going to take you through a process. We charge $10,000 for this process, but I'm not going to charge you. If at the end of the process you like us, then you can move forward and you'll have saved yourself time. You'll have saved the business time. You don't have to go through all this effort with the other RFPs, et cetera. And at the end of this process, if you decide not to work with us, you'll get the value of A, B, C, D, E. You know, they're all different sales and marketing benefits. You'll have a competitive analysis of the landscape you're selling against. You'll have some ideas around positioning. You'll have some ideas of the first tactical steps your team should take. Now, I gave them benefits, right? Features and benefits. So his risk was... Oh, and really key, right? So his board's got pressure. The investors have pressure on him. Uh, his partners have pressure. Um, so, but he, I gave him the ability, it's just you, Lee, just you come to the office and work with my team. Nobody even has to know, right? It's just you. Mm. Private commitment. If you'll make a private commitment, 
then I didn't say it literally, but if you'll make this private commitment, then you'll have information that you can make a public commitment. So he came in, he actually brought up a second person with him, which was a good sign. It was a signal of intent that he was felt safe enough at this point. Either that or he just thought it's free. He probably, what did he do with his, with the person he brought? He probably started by saying, no, I don't know what we're getting into here. These guys might be horrible, right? He would have positioned himself mm. away from us before the meeting. Then in the meeting, we got to drive in and my people are really talented. We're bringing in third party data and we're sharing all this stuff. So it probably cost me $5,000 in actual employee time and materials and costs. So I've lowered, lowered my internal cost of sales and given him value. And I gave him enough safety in that journey that he called the other seven RFP participants and said, we've made a decision. We're going with Fitzmartin. And he was able to go to his board and say, look, I got these guys. I negotiated, you know, he would have, I don't know I'm making this up, but he would have probably <laughs> played the man, right? Like I got these guys to give me $10,000 of work for free and they're good. We should use them. You know, I mean, he would have, I gave him the equipment and the, and uh, eliminated the risk through this journey and lowered my cost of sales. Right. Cause what's the other thing that happened in that free diagnostic? We evaluated him. Mm. <laughs> we evaluated our ability to help him because if we would have said he's underfunded, he doesn't have a good product, it's in a market space, it's impossible, then we would have said, you know, it's probably not a good fit. So we would have saved ourselves money still by giving away, quote, free. And there's a lot of, Anthony, I bet as a sales consultant, you've said never give away anything for free. It lowers the value of your product or service. So what I, I never said it was free to him. I said, I mm. will pay for it. I'm the founder. Mm. So founders who are listening, if I'm working for Anthony and I'm trying to get you to try this, I'm going to say, you know, Anthony has given me the authority to give this to you. He's, he's willing to pay for this first step. Now, the mm. other part of the deal is if you work with us, we're going to charge you. You're going to, oh, you're going to pay yeah. for it eventually. Yeah. So. It's just, you've got a lower risk. And one of these nine best practices that the behavioral science teaches us that we all go through. I mean, you could, you could play this out on anything, Anthony. You could play this out on that time. Remember that time, and I, I don't know if this is true. Remember that time you decided you were gonna get in shape and lose weight, right? Yeah. You didn't post it on your social media first. You went to the gym and you're like, okay, I've been going for a month. Now I might post it on my social media. <laughs> I've lost 10 pounds. Now I'll tell people about it. But you don't start off by, by look, risking you're going to look like a numbskull or not carrying through. Um, you know, they don't. So yeah. just God, slow sales down, slow down, take, give the buyer. Yeah. Okay. This is my last comment. You gotta, you gotta make yeah. me stop. No, no, keep going. This is fire. I love, I love the direction we're going in, Sean. Continue, please. Well, so I mean, think about your salesperson. You've come, you've set up a commission structure probably, or some sort of mm -hmm. motivator. And your goal as an owner is to fire up that salesperson to close deals. So now they're in front of a prospect and they are fired up to slow the deal down. No, they're fired up to mm. close the deal, but the buyer isn't where you are. So if I'm a buyer, I've got to, I've, it's taken me a long time to understand and to get to the point of preparation 
to make this change that we're talking about, to buy this new service, to buy this new product. So in this model of preparation, in this time of preparation, I don't know the solution. No, Anthony Garcia, the sales guy, he knows exactly what I need. Like, I mean, and honestly, let's go back to the motorcycle story. Probably mm-hmm. all eight agencies would have had some sense of what this guy needed. Because in business, we all have said the sentence, mm-hmm. you know what? I, I've worked with so many people over so many years. I know 50% of everything that's needed, just without even starting. But the problem is, if, and is the buyer doesn't know you know that, and you haven't allowed that person to come around to the solution. So slowing down, offering a helping relationship and a private commitment where there's no risk gives the buyer the time to come around and understand the solutions. I, I, and, and okay, full transparency. And my, the, the guy that coached me on sales, mm. he told me my biggest problem in sales is I can meet with Anthony Garcia and in five minutes, I can tell him what to do. And when I do that, all I do is make Anthony Garcia angry. Because <laughs> mm. it creates friction. Yeah, it creates friction. Oh, I love that. In fact, we're, we're starting to think about calling this like frictionless buyer's journeys. Like that's what mm-hmm. we really do at the core of our company. We create frictionless buyer's journeys. So I love that you just use that word. I'm stealing that. Is that Please copyrighted? Do. I'm taking it. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, Sean, I got to be honest with you. I mean, here in this process, right, the, the private and public commitment, there's nine processes you're utilizing in the sales in your in your sales process. And we just talked about eliminating friction. But what you just described to me in that private commitment and, and I, I have to be honest with you, literally, I'm, I, the reason I said keep going is I'm thinking about my own practice. I'm like, OK, where can I add that private commitment? Because. The first thing that I do, and in Catapult Commission's family, I'm sorry if I'm not going to relate this to you, but you'll hear the story because I got an expert on the line. I'm going to talk about my own business. So <laughs> I, the first thing I do, Sean, is I tell every client, my immediate goal is to get you the quickest, smallest victory right away. Whatever that is, we identify what that small victory is up front. And that, that is what I strive to because I know if I can get the small victory in a relatively short time, yep. the retainer is longer, the commitment's longer. Yeah. The life of yep. my client is longer. Yeah. Okay. So this is awesome. You, so let's, that's what you, oh, that's God, what yeah. I heard. Yeah, no, that's yeah. what I heard. No, please fire back, dude. So no, I think you're spot on. So here's what we have done when we help people build a pipeline report. So everybody says that action or an engagement or a client or a customer is signified. And you're going to answer this without me finishing the sentence. When we get the deal signed, right? No, when is it? When the check cashes, right? <laughs> now that's an old <laughs> phrase, right? The check, who uses checks anymore? But you know, when the money's <laughs> in the bank account, you've got a customer, right? So that's yeah. the real sign of a customer. I think that's wrong. I think what you ought to do in your pipeline report is you ought to create a stage of, of closed. We would call it stage five closed uh, or an exchange relationship. But you should have a, a stage five closed deals diagnostic or private commitment stage, and then a stage five close, you know, deal engagement, whatever you want to call it, where it is a a true engagement. It's an ongoing relationship. So add a little step to your pipeline. If nothing else, what it'll do is it'll force you to understand there should be in your pipeline, let's say if you, if, if your business is built on having, I'll just make up some numbers. 
if your business is built around having 10 solid, good customers, solid customers, then let's put in that step, that private commitment step in that pipeline report. Let's shoot for 50, 60 people who are in that private commitment stage. Because remember, in that private commitment, you're evaluating them, they're evaluating you. There's going to be some no fits and that's okay. Mm. But lower that cost of sales, even worse than having a high cost of sales by participating in RFPs and beauty pageants and all that, even worse is having the wrong customer because almost any business onboarding a new customer. Now I live in B2B, so emerging Mm -hmm. middle market B2B. So by the time you onboard a new customer, you're upside down for a while. I mean, it's, it's not, you, you spend money in the beginning. Uh, you don't start, maybe you've got an incredible business with massive margins and no onboarding cost. And if so, hallelujah, call me. I want to learn about your model. Um, but, you know, have, break that apart. So now in that scenario, I told them I was going to pay for it. That still is someone's paying for it. You got to mm. clarify it. If, you, if, you, if nobody's paying for it, then it does have no value. But if the prospect's paying for it or I'm paying for it, in, in my business model, in our coaching, we create a private commitment or what we would call a stage five in exchange relationship. But we use the word diagnostic because that helps everybody in the business know, hey, I'm going in to meet with Catapult and Commissions. We're going to help Anthony Garcia. He's a stage five diagnostic. That tells everybody he's not onboarded. He's not gone through that process yet. He's late stage sales and we all know what we're doing. Oh man, I, I man, Sean, we could speak forever on this, and I I love how how you break it down. There's an alignment and synergy within your organization, but it truly is based on giving the giving everybody a victory, identifying the victory in the pipeline, knowing where someone's at. You use the phrase stage five, and you're using a diagnostic. I I mean, we're we're we have some synergies. I I tell. Her, and this is where I, I mean, I'm learning, right? My clients come on board. I'm like, hey, our very first step is triage. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you came to me with a problem. I don't, I mean, other than, you know, a few emails, exchanges, other than a few sales pitches or discoveries, or if I was invited to an RFP, like I know high level, but I know mm. what you told me. And I'm like, ah, yeah. what you told me is the best version of it. Because you didn't come to me and say, hey, my team freaking <laughs> sucks. We're right. six months away from, from losing funding or whatever the number. However, you didn't tell right. me that. You just told me there's a problem. I'm going to peel this layer back in the very first step. We're going to triage the hell out of this. I'm going to find out what it is. And then when I strip your ego, cut you down, we're going to rebuild this bad boy up and bring it, bring it to life and give it some some vision. So use triage as your private commitment stage or a smaller, kind of a scaled Mm -hmm. down version. So marketers that are listening, you've been pushed out of late stage deals by sales for a long time. Why? Because sales doesn't trust marketing when the deal is close to the finish line. Why? Because you don't know what the buyers need. You're really good at early stage stuff, uh, but you've never studied this late stage. You've never closed, you've never studied what it takes to close a deal. So you should be understanding things like private public commitment, and you should be bringing ideas to the table of, Anthony, what if you do this triage thing? We could do a scaled down thing. It could take two hours. It could be on the phone. It could be mm-hmm. remote. There could be an intake document. There could be a landing page. We could deliver a report. Uh, and by using marketing automation technology, you'll know if your prospect read the report or not or how far down the report they read. And I mean, marketers, you can do so much to help a salesperson close late stage deals. Founders, if your agency, if your marketing team's not doing this, then that's a gap in your organization. You're going to close more deals. You're going to make more revenue if you get somebody that understands how to close deals in the marketing role. 
You don't need a salesperson in the marketing role. You need marketer in the marketing role. Marketers have long views. Marketers are mm -hmm. not driven by this week's commission or this quarter's, you know, we don't have to cover the monthly nut. At the end of the year, we better have some accountability, but you know, we shouldn't be focused on this week. Sales should be focused on this week. Um, you know, we should, mm -hmm. marketers should be focused though on a full pipeline approach. If I'm interviewing, if I'm a founder, I'm interviewing a, an agency or a marketing person. One of my first questions is going to be, explain to me your theology, your understanding of a full pipeline and the buyer's journey and how marketing impacts every step in it. If they can't answer that question with clarity, you don't even have to know the answer. Or there's, I mean, what you think is the right answer. I mean, just if they can't answer that question, if they're dumbfounded by that question, move on. Next interview. That's mm. just a great first question. That is that is a that is a really good first question. I I I love that actually. Totally. So Anthony, train you should buy. You should buy my book. Shift. Okay, what no, is wait, it? That Please turned into me. salesmanship. <laughs> no, tell me, tell me. The no, book I is am shift. not here. I am not here to sell books. Uh, I did. I was had the fortune of being published by a group out of Nashville. It's Shift S H I F T, uh, and it's a nineteen uh -huh. ideas for executives who are leading marketing, but they're uh -huh. not trained. Not trained for it. <laughs> so it's what I think are the nineteen most practical things, but even easier and less expensive to you is come to Fitzmartin, F-I-T-Z-M-A-R-T-I-N.com slash free help. Or it might be free dash help. I need to check that. I should know that. Um, so it's free help. But there's free help available on the website. This model that we've been talking about is on the website. There's some reading you can do. It's free. It's I guess it's my small private commitment offer to you. Hmm. I love that. Catapult the Commission's family, you will find those links in the show notes to get connected with Sean and Fitzmartin. Uh, Sean, I, we have a few minutes left on the air, literally with two or three minutes left. I want to end with something here. There yeah. is a, you said something earlier that, that I really marked down and you said sales and marketing shouldn't be aligned with each other. Sales and marketing should be aligned mm -hmm. with the customer. And as a result, they're in alignment with one another. Correct. How let's just be honest here. I have seen numerous times where sales and marketing have different ways to want to skin a cat, different ideas, different strategies and getting that team in alignment. Any thoughts, insights on how to create that alignment with the consumer that does put sales and marketing in alignment with one another? Cause when they're not in alignment, it's really evident. But most people don't know what that looks like. So here's the, here's the thing. You said something earlier too, Anthony, you said, I look for a quick win. So mm -hmm. what the, the, the longest win for marketing is to take somebody who's unaware of a company and draw them through to be a customer. Mm. That's the longest possible. So I'm in B2B. That could be 18 months, two years mm -hmm. uh, easily. Right. So the average CMO in America lasts less than three years. So the odds of you getting fired as a marketer before your results can be seen are really good. Well, we do what's called selling backwards and we use this centricity process where the, the buyer's the center and sales and marketing are aligned. We go to sales and we sit down with them first. That's counterintuitive to most marketers. And we go to sales and say, give a, in fact, I did this yesterday. I said, can you give me, this organization has 10 salespeople. I said, can you give me the 10, 15, 20 top prospects of each salesperson? And uh, the marketer said, 
actually, I can give you the top 25 prospects. I said, great. That's 250 people who I know know you, you know them. And all I can do now is apply late stage best practices and help you close some deals. So if I can help some of those 10 salespeople, rough math would tell me two people are going to say, no way, I'm not talking to this marketing schmuck. Uh, five people are going to watch and two people, five, six, seven, eight, nine, I'm short one person, three people might try it. Three people might say, yeah, I'll, 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 I mean, as long as I know what you're doing before you do it, I'll let you, I'll let you look at my prospects and, and give a plan. And then we, we're doing something, okay, insight tip, build a deal page for your most important deals. Now, what I say, what I'm saying is build a landing page, a website page that say doesn't, uh, Anthony, if you can risk yourself something here, mm-hmm. name somebody who would be a game changer for you, for your business, for catapulting commissions, or that was in the past. Like a, a client, an employee? Yeah, a prospect or a, prospect or a, a client. Oh. Put you on the spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the biggest, uh, they're, they're still in the prospect pipeline. It's a, it's a, a government bid, which I okay. don't really, I don't do yeah. too many government <laughs> bids, but it was, uh, it was significant. Um, we'll call uh, it this pro. We'll call it ABC manufacturing just to ABC. make it simple. Oh, you know what? <laughs> to, to eliminate the government, because there's a government component. Now you just mentioned, uh, there is a, startup hypergrowth company based in Los Angeles that let's just say they work in the um, medical space, so to speak, got right. some serious state funding and are growing and scaling. I just put together a bid um, to, to build their team, Great. so to speak. Well, what if you build a, a landing page off your website? It's on your URL, but it's mm-hmm. not published mm-hmm. in your navigation. What if you build a page where you know, you look at this business and you know from your experience, from other clients, you know that they're looking for uh, safety, right? So mm-hmm. build a deal page where a previous client does a little video or, or has a, a dialogue with you or be a written quote that says, you know, I trusted Anthony when we were at this stage and my Series A investors said he was the best thing that happened to us. Boom. You know, build a deal page where you know there's specific weaknesses that you don't want to be public about per se, and mm-hmm. then guide and direct people to that deal page. I mean, what build deal pages for on the website, it's marketing, it's not closing deals, it's not a proposal, because I think an easy answer there is, well, we're just going to build a of an online proposal system. I'm not talking, nobody's asked you for a proposal yet, Mm -hmm. right? So you're still trying to build credibility and you can send something. You can ask, people will say something if they know your past clients. You know, I'll I'll give you a five minute, six minute video talking about what my journey was like working with Anthony Garcia. Put that on this deal page. And you, if if your client, uh, your past client might even say, hey, we, we were a fast startup just like you. And I know that this is what you're facing. And I, this is what I faced and my investors and pressure and performance and blah, blah, blah. Anthony did this, this, and this, and it changed our business's life. Well, if that's my testimonial, I may not want you to post that on your website, on your main site or promote or market that, but you could build a deal page that's not published on the navigation, but I, people have access to. You could even, if, you, if it's super secret, put a password on it. But um, you send people and give them help, give them ways to explore safely um, those kind of deals. So deal pages are incredibly effective. 
If you've got an agency helping you, you could even do things. There's a term called account-based marketing where you can deliver advertising just to one business. You know, if you, mm. you like literally name a business, we had, we did some work in the oil and gas space where we were going after one deal from one company. They had 10 locations. So we delivered digital ads to that one company at all 10 locations to the executive team. And you can buy the technology now to do that in marketing. So now we're getting up into senior level classes, right? But uh, there, there's incredible things. So at the very least, equip your marketing should equip your sales team with a deal page. Not a, it's not a, mm. not a page on your website that anybody else can find, but it would say ABC manufacturing, rapid growth, medical, you know, and, and, but the language changes, it becomes very specific. You could use people's names. You could use, I mean, and so yeah. it's, it's a, it's a way to represent, but think about what that does. You send me a deal page. I'm impressed enough privately looking at it. I might forward it to the other people on the executive team and say, hey, Anthony sent me this. I'd love your opinion. I mean, mm -hmm. I, and, and marketers can track that. <laughs> I, so. I love that. I love that. It's a trackable metric that you can, uh, I mean, you could realistically you could learn a ton. Yep. You yeah. can learn so, if you so don't, much. If you don't see, think about what you know as a salesperson. If the marketing team says, Anthony, we don't sent the deal page to your best prospect, your advocate inside, and nobody has come to it. Okay, so maybe Anthony was overly optimistic about the yeah. state of the deal, right? I mean, there's all kinds of data that come out of this kind of thinking. Mm. I love it. I love it. And I will, I'm definitely gonna have to evaluate my own internal process, but Catapult's Commission's family, you know, we truly have an expert on today's show based in science, or uh, that is based uh, in sales and marketing, but a scientific approach that's backed, it's proven 100%. Listen to today's episode, rewind it, listen to it again. Do me a favor, go get connected with Sean M. Doyle. Sean, how does the Catapulted Commissions family learn more about you? I know we, we talked about the book shift. We know we talked about the, the website, any other where, area that they could find you? Yeah. Oh, B2B advisor is my Twitter handle. We, we try to keep that pretty active, but I mean, just shift and uh, come to the website. We, we try to have uh, all the postings of the podcast we're speaking on and, and ones that we do. And we're going to have a whole series around this centricity idea. We're going to share each of the nine processes. So you can learn everything I know. I'm old enough now. I'm glad to teach you anything I know. <laughs> you don't even have to pay. So come on, <laughs> let's go. We're going to come to fitsmartin.com. Well, Catapult, the Commission's family, do me a favor. Go check out fitsmartin.com. Get connected with Sean M. Doyle. And we will put all the relevant links in the show notes. But more importantly, Catapult, the Commission's family, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, comment, Sean. Thank you for spending time with us. We wish you nothing but abundant success. Catapults Commissions family, see you next week. Catapulting Commissions family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commissions podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commissions, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661 228 
8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.